It is now time to experience the buzz. A podcast that takes an inside look at amazing people doing amazing things. Get ready for some great conversation that will be fascinating, educational, and inspiring. We will also leave room to help small businesses in a big way. Now, here's your host, entrepreneur Steve Buzzard. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another episode of Experience the Buzz. So glad you could join us. We are in episode number 96, and uh, we're going to have a little fun today. We don't have a guest for you, but what we are going to do is we are going to expand on what we did in our last episode. If you listen, we introduced a brand new segment called Heavy Metal Thunder, and today I am going to preview for you and give you a rating of not one, but two more albums, okay? So we'll be doing that, and guess who's back? The Banter Bros. It's been a long hiatus, but we got them back in, and we're talking football, fantasy football, and Kendrick Lamar. So I'm very excited about that, but more about that in just a moment. It's now time for What's the Buzz? And What's the Buzz is very simple. We are getting close to episode number 100. I'm very excited because I've been thinking about what is beyond episode 100. We will continue to highlight entrepreneurs, small business owners, and personalities here in Sacramento. But we're going to keep adding pieces. Heavy Metal Thunder has been a piece that you've been finding in the final segment, and you'll get a double dose of that today. But in addition, I'm like, you know what? There's people that I just love and enjoy that I would love to know their journey. And I'm just going to throw one at you that I've reached out to, and actually a couple. Uh, John Gordon, who does the Positive University podcast, and he has written 27 books. This guy is monumental. So by chance, I just happened to reach out, introduce myself. I said, what the heck? They got back to me and they said, we'll go on the show. John will come on your show, but you got to be 100 episodes in. So I'm like, guess what? I'll see you in episode 101. So something like that we look to do. A big fan of John Gordon. You will be too. Uh, check him out on the Positive University podcast. And then number two, I was thinking, you know, I love riding the Peloton. Well, Dennis Horton's my man. Dennis Horton is my man. It is Horton, right? Horton? Dennis Horton? I don't know. He's the older guy. But I reached out to them, and I'm still waiting a reply. So, you know, if we get someone like that, I thought it would be cool. There's a lot of Peloton riders out there. So I was just thinking, we're going to kind of, you know, just kind of move beyond and just keep growing this show and uh, having fun with it. So really, that's what's the buzz. So let's get into the show. Again, not a guest like you're used to. We'll have another guest coming up in our next episode, episode 97. But for number 96, we're going to be previewing and looking back at two iconic albums. And then we're going to get a dose of the Banter Bros. The first album that we're going to look at is from Metallica. That's right. And it's And Justice for All. This one has a special kind of attachment to me. I'll be noting that in this next segment that is coming up. So here we go with Experience the Buzz and Heavy Metal Thunder. Hey everyone, welcome in. It is time for Heavy Metal Thunder. Yeah, a couple weeks ago we kicked it off with the very first heavy metal album that I purchased and that was Iron Maiden's Number of the Beast. And now I've got not one, but two for you. That's right. I'm so excited. And you know, I was thinking about it. When you think about like music, just in general, obviously there's genres that we all like, and this is obviously a specific 
to heavy metal. But then you also attach things like maybe going to a concert or a song and maybe when that song took place in your life. And that really plays a part. And it's interesting because these next two that I'm going to give you, uh, they're just that. And, and number one is going to be Metallica's And Justice for All. That's right. August of 1988, this came out. Fourth album following Kill 'Em All, Ride the Lightning, and Master of Puppets. I mean, those three are classics, right? And you know the names, you know, James Hetfield, Lars Ulrich, Kirk Hammett. And then you had a kind of a, a trio of bassists. Of course, uh, Clive Bur- or Cliff Burton, excuse me, dying in a bus accident in 1986, which then led to Jason Newstead. And the current bass uh, player is Robert Trujillo. So, you know, going through uh, this album, the special attachment it has for me is one of the concerts I went to, which was Monsters of Rock in 1988. And it was so great because I was able, you know, with the internet, now you can look up, you know, I was thinking, oh, when was that date? Look it up, and boom, there it is, July 16th, and it was at Candlestick Park. And the irony in this meeting was I was there, and actually my wife of 29 years was there, but we didn't know each other at the time. So we kind of figured that out a little bit later in our marriage. And on the docket, Van Halen was actually the opener, Scorpions, Dokken, Metallica was the fourth band, okay? They were already pretty big. But now they were getting ready to embark in which they would just explode onto the scene. And the opening band, are you ready for this? Some of you will remember this, Kingdom Come. Now, what was bad about Kingdom Come is they always got compared to Led Zeppelin, which they were not, and they would get booed off the stage. It happened at Candlestick Park. I think they sang three or four songs, got booed off. Then Metallica came on, and it was like the place just lit up. And it's funny uh, because they actually, you can find the set list uh, for Monsters Rock. So it was Creeping Death, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Welcome Home Sanitarium, and then... They made an announcement. They said, here is one of our new tracks of our upcoming album. And it was like, whoa, we are all hearing this for the first time. And it ended up being Harvester of Sorrow, which is definitely in my top five when it comes to this particular album. And why I love this album is because it is very intricate. And when I say intricate, the the tracks are long. Uh, It's very fast paced. And a lot of people call it the last thrash metal album that Metallica put out. Because after that, as you well know, what came next? Well, it was the Black Album. Okay. And the Black Album will definitely be previewed here on Heavy Metal Thunder. But going through the set list, you got nine songs. And again, I said in my last track, I love it when they're under 10 songs. You get the nine here. They're longer, but it was well worth it. You get Blackened and Justice for All, Eye of the Beholder, one, which we're going to talk about because the video that came along with that really propelled that song uh, to stardom. Then you got The Shortest Straw, one of my favorites, Harvester of Sorrow, The Freight Ends of Sanity, To Live Is To Die, and The Lyrical Rant to Parents, Dyer's Eve, which I absolutely love. So the songs range anywhere from five minutes and 13 seconds to nine minutes and 45 seconds. Which song is that? It's And Justice For All. So my top five definitely is Blackened because Blackened opens up this album and the way it comes in it comes real soft it's real soft and then it's just a build up and like it's like away we go with this incredible album my second favorite is harvester of Sor- sorrow just because of that moment that i attached to it monsters of rock and being able to hear that song for the very first time there's really something about that something special next would be one i loved one but it got really popular 
And see, this is where the transition of Metallica for me was like, oh, now they're going to just be big time. And now everybody's going to love them. And there's something about heavy metal where you don't want everyone to love the heavy metal band that you love. Does that make any sense? Because it's such a culture of its own that to go mainstream, it just seems a little bit weird. And that's exactly where Metallica went. MTV really helped out because in that uh, video one, that that was like something that no one had ever seen. And in fact, um, I had a few notes here that that was taken from a, let's see, I, I know I had it here. Oh, it was, it was a cool thing. They took it from... Johnny's got a gun and they use the video clips of that. And it was, it's about this soldier in world war one. I. I think it's a true story that basically lost all of his limbs, lost his sight. And the only thing he had was his brain and he would use Morse code. And his big thing is he would say, kill me because he just wanted life to end. And that's totally what the song is about. Now, Jason Newstead, this is a very interesting thing. I love Jason Newstead and that guy got duped by Metallica. In fact, there was rifts between them that uh, led to Robert Trujillo taking over and Newstead did not last long, but I thought he was a great fit because Cliff Burton, I did not know of Metallica before and Justice for All. Obviously, as I got into them, I went back to those three iconic records, listened to them all, and that's where all the greatest hits from Metallica truly is. Uh, also, you know, um, Oh, yeah, this is another fun fact I wanted to add in there. Man, I had so many notes on this. You may or may not remember this, but the MTV Music Awards, for the first time, introduced the best rock metal performance. And you would think Metallica, with the rise, would get it. You want to know who won? Jethro Tull. That's right, the guy who plays the flute. Such a huge mistake. No one ever understood that. Still don't understand it today. It just makes no sense whatsoever. So there you have it. Metallica and Justice for All. Here's the fun part about doing Heavy Metal Thunder is actually taking these albums and then I sit down and I listen to it. And I just listen to it from beginning to end. I don't shuffle because I think there is a point to having songs in a proper place that make a big, big deal. And I have to say, I really loved And Justice for All. From one to nine, Solid. There was not a song in there that I didn't like. And so, like I said, my top five, I, I said Blacken, Harvester of Sorrow 1, Shortest Straw, which I absolutely love, Freight Ends of Sanity, and Dyer's Eve. You know, I was never mad at my parents, but I always loved that rant. Um, and it's cool, too, because you got to remember, I was thinking about this album. If it was released during what we've gone through in the last couple of years, they would be canceled. There's no doubt Metallica would be canceled because Blackened was about the environment. And Justice for All was about government corruption. I, the Beholder, was about freedom of speech and civil liberties. One was about anti-war. Shortest straws about blacklisting and discrimination. But you know what? They wrote it and they did it in 1988. So for Injustice for All, my rating on Heavy Metal Thunder is going to be an 8.8. .8. Not bad. Okay, we're going to come back. I've got another one for you. We're going to look at Nirvana's Nevermind. We'll be back after this message.
All right, so I hope you enjoyed that and Justice for All by Metallica. But guess what? That's not it. We got Nirvana's Nevermind coming up. Man, just some great music to be able to talk about. And, you know, I was talking about this with a good friend, Matt, the mortgage guy, who is one of our sponsors. And he just had me on his podcast today, uh, which is Getting Better Every Day. And I, I tell you, check it out. But when we were talking and having the interview, we were talking about, how the podcast is such a great platform to get great information out to people who want to listen to it. And so I'm very excited about that. And I do want to start with Matt, the mortgage guy. I mentioned he's got a new podcast, but this guy is incredible. And he is one of our sponsors. Uh, they can be found at mtmg.com, 916-802-9291. They are into home loans. They're into mortgages. They're into refinancing and others wealth of education when it comes to, you know, just finances and loans. In fact, Matt has his own YouTube channel. Uh, he does a live show every Monday at six o'clock. He's added the podcast. But really, the bulk of his work is what he can do for you. He's done it for me and my wife, Kristen. We are very grateful to him because he got us through a refinance, also helped us lower our flood insurance and our home insurance. Those are three pretty big things there. So Matt, the mortgage guy, check him out on the website. You'll see tools like the home purchase qualifier. Also for a refinance rate checker today's mortgage rates loan options, and other mini tools that can assist you. Again, that's mtmg.com. Next up, Little Whale Swim School. That's right. I know we're coming out of summer, but the beautiful thing about Little Whale Swim School, outside of being the premier swim school in Sacramento, well, they're year-round. That's right. And they got a beautiful indoor facility, heated pool for you. You can find them at Little Swale, excuse me, littlewhaleswim.com. Uh, their physical address is 4106 El Camino Avenue in Sacramento. So if you're in the Sacramento region, I... I'd encourage you, check them out. Anya Hall leads the way. Uh, she does an incredible, incredible job. And they're also on social media. Anya's great with the social media. Check that out. And now let's move on to Pit Boss Jerky, Joe Green. And Joe Green, uh, man, he just makes beef jerky and great beef jerky at that. 13 incredible flavors, including the latest flavor, White Bulls Barbecue. We've got a flavor that's named after this show called Experience the Buzz, Raspberry Apple Chipotle, Island Teriyaki, and other great flavors for you to check out how do you get some well you have to call and get yourself on the order board uh, there is a phone number for that it's joe's personal number that's right you can talk right to the pit boss at 916-769-6807 and finally we want to thank r5 stitch and print troy rousey at r5print.com 916-454-3773 they specialize in screen printing and embroidery see this hat right here R5 Stitch and Print. Check them out. They got an in-house graphic designer that can help you with logos. They can give you kind of a visual uh, feel for whatever you need and really get you to the solutions of getting things that you need for either your business or personal use. So again, that's R5 Stitch and Print. Okay, let's not waste any more time. Back into the show, back into another dose of Heavy Metal Thunder. Hope you like the logo that'll be coming up. It's pretty funny. My producer, Michael Kenobi, put it together. And now we're going to look into Nirvana's Nevermind. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode of Experience the Buzz by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. It means everything. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Experience the Buzz. It's a special edition where we don't have a guest, but we do have two installments of Heavy Metal Thunder. And coming up in the next segment, 
We're going to be speaking with the Banter Bros. That's right. We just did a fantasy football draft. We're going to talk about that, the Las Vegas Raiders, and a little concert that we went to last night featuring Kendrick Lamar. But right now, album number two in this segment, and it's Nirvana's Nevermind. That's right. Debuted in September of 1991. They were part of the grunge movement. You remember the bands Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. Those were kind of the big four from that group. What did they do? They destroyed hair metal. And that was, at the time, a little tough for me, but I was ready to make that transition. So it was like good ba- goodbye to Brat and Poison and Def Leppard and all the hair metal, Slaughter and Bullet Boys and you name it. But now it's grunge time. And I love this album because of Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain, to me, one of the greater singers and performers uh, because he just brought it in a very unique way. Hard to believe that Nirvana's reign was really in a three-year span. And as we know, Kurt Cobain committed suicide. And that was absolutely sad. It really tore up the music world. But when we look at this masterpiece, and it truly is a masterpiece, it's got 13 songs on it, just a little over 49 minutes. It sold 24 million copies. I remember getting that album, and man, the cover was iconic, right? The naked baby with the dollar bill with the fish hook you know, put out in front. And it's like, what is the background on that? How do they come up with these covers? Well, I looked into it and it turns out that Kurt Cobain actually had a fascination with water births. So that's kind of what you get there. They couldn't do an actual water birth for an album cover. So instead they took a picture of one of their friend's sons, whose name is Spencer Eldon. They put a dollar bill on a hook and dangled it out in front of them. And there you go. And by the way, Kurt Cobain was very, very serious about saying, yep, we're not, we're, you know, the, the, the private parts, we're going to show it all. And it turns out that that kid obviously grew, grew up and you want to know how much was paid out? $200 to the parents. That is a fun fact. And you're like, what are they thinking? They could have made so much money. But the problem was they never signed a release. So sorry about that. And then they tried to take uh, Nirvana to court and it didn't work out. Speaking of the name Nirvana, that name was brought on by Kurt Cobain, but they had originally entitled the band or not the band, but uh, Nevermind was going to be Sheep. Uh, was going to be sheep, which I thought was kind of interesting. And then, of course, you have In Utero, which came in 1993. They're well known for the MTV Unplugged show, which was also in 1993. And where does this have a special place with me? Well, it was that transition from hair metal. I still love metal to that grunge. I was into the Pearl Jam, the Alice in Chains, uh, the Nirvana, Soundgarden. I had all those albums, got into it. It was a good period of time. And I got to see Nirvana, uh, which was pretty cool. And uh, it was on New Year's Eve, and it was at uh, the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum Arena, across from the home of the Oakland Ace on New Year's Eve in 1993. Little did we know that a few months later that Kurt Cobain would commit suicide. And I was looking uh, after that show that they played New Year's Eve. They played at Central Point, went to Canada, then played in Spokane. And wouldn't you believe it? Their last U.S. shows were in Seattle, where everything in the grunge movement uh, came from. And that's actually where Kurt Cobain lived. They did go on tour in Europe, but then had to cut out and cancel. In fact, before Kurt Cobain committed suicide, they had canceled a lot of shows. So you could see things were not going in such a good way. So, you know, you got Chris and Dave Grawl. I mentioned Dave Grawl joined in 1990, and he's one of like six drummers that have been in the band. But when Dave came on, you could tell that there was just this aggression between the three of them that they love. Now, looking at the soundboard and looking at the tracks, 
Smells Like Teen Spirit, which obviously is the most popular. You got In Bloom, Come As You Are, Breed, Lithium, Poly, Territorial Pissings, love that one. Drain You, Lounge Act, Stay Away, On A Place, Something In The Way, and then they finish up with just a crazy kind of like guitar riff uh, called Endless Nameless. And so a fun fact about Smells Like Teen Spirit, I think we all remember that video. They actually, as a band, just put out kind of a newspaper ad and said, hey, we need people to show up that are going to act like they're in high school and cool and, you know, just having a good time and everything. And those people that showed up got to be in probably one of the most iconic videos that MTV ever produced. So good stuff. So what's my top five? Buzzard's top five. Definitely smells like Teen Spirit. I don't care what you say. Kurt Cobain would tell you he hated playing that song, right? It was overplayed, kind of like what I talked about in the last segment about one. You know, those songs that get overplayed, but there's something about that song, Smells Like Teen Spirit, that just feels good, right? As soon as it comes on, you're ready to get amped up. Give me a mosh pit. We're ready to go. Breed, I love just because of the fast pace. Territorial Pissings, which is a shorter song, but has that same fast-paced feel. Then you get Lithium Bloom, and then I put Lounge Act and Stay Away to follow up. But right there, I named seven songs. And yes, over my 10-song limit at 13 songs. But again, this was such a transition. It was absolutely huge. And I love the fact that they were actually influenced by one of my other bands that I enjoy. And that's the Melvins. Buzz Osborne actually introduced Dave Grawl to the band when they joined Chris and Kurt Cobain. So again, the suicide of Kurt Cobain really left the music world in a bad, bad place. But again, the memory is there. Uh, we love Nirvana. I hope you love Nirvana and get a chance to check it out yourself. You know, uh, it's really fun to sit down and listen to this one, one through 13. So for never mind, I am going to give it an 8.5. And the only reason I give it an 8.5 is there are seven great songs, but for it to be a great album, it's got to be great one through whatever the last song is. There's 13 here and there's some where I'm just like, okay, it's all right. But the seven songs are ultimately ultimately great. So 8.5 for Nirvana's Nevermind. What do you think? You can tell me in the chat. Not in the chat or I guess just in the comments down below. All right. So there you have it. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, the final segment with the Banter Bros right here on Experience the Buzz. All right, so there you have it. Heavy Metal Thunder, Iron Maiden. Now we've done Number of the Beasts. We've done Metallica's and Justice for All, Nirvana. Never mind. There is something about the album. I know there's been cassette tapes, even eight tracks going back further and, you know, CDs. And now you do downloads and everything. But I will always use the word album. So I hope you enjoyed those segments. Of course, chime in wherever you want. If you are a heavy metal enthusiast, I would love to know your thoughts. Now, let's go ahead and thank our sponsors. We're so thankful for the sponsors that make this show happen. And we've got four of them. R5 Stitch and Print. Big thank you to Troy Rousey. His story is told in episode number 25. You can check that out in the archives by going to buzzerball.com and clicking on the link that will get you to the podcast episodes. Their website is r5print.com. They specialize in screen printing and embroidery. Next up, Joe Green of Pit Boss Jerky, best beef jerky, and it's made right here in Sacramento. Not one, not two, not three, not even 10 flavors, 13. 
15 flavors, including a flavor named right after the show called Experience the Buzz. We tell Joe's story in episode 26. If you would like to order some great beef jerky, all you have to do is dial up Joe's number. That's right. You get a direct link to him at 916-769-6807. Next up, Little Whale Swim School, Anya Hall, premier swim school in Sacramento, located at 4106 El Camino Avenue. They've got a great indoor facility. They do what they do year-round. It's not just a summer thing. And the Anya story is featured in episode six. That's right. She's one of the early ones. Great story. And Anya did share with me that they are looking at expansion. And when we have more news on that, we'll be sure to share it with you. And then finally, Matt, the mortgage guy who is featured in episode number 28. I had an opportunity to be on his podcast that he just launched a few weeks ago, just called Getting Better Every Day. I encourage you to check that out. It's really good. Good talks with, well, he had me on and some other people on just talking about how we do what we do. So that was fun to be able to share my story. And Matt, the mortgage guy and his team do a great job. Refinances, loans, uh, they've helped us personally. They helped us lower our home insurance, lower our uh, flood insurance. So I'm very grateful. Find out about them now at mtmg.com or dial up at 916-802-9291. Those are our sponsors. Very grateful indeed here on this program. Now, let's go ahead and get to our final segment. Yes, they are back. It is the Banter Bros. Here we go. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode of Experience the Buzz by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. It means everything. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Experience the Buzz. Look who's here. If you're on the video end, you see him. If you're on the audio end, I'll introduce him to you. Reintroduce him to you. It's the Banter Bros. That's right. Tope and Max Buzzard, they are back after a long hiatus. We're able to get back together. And it's cool because no more perfect time than to talk Fantasy football. We just had our draft tonight, boys. It was great. Yep. Good, Good stuff. Good stuff. So let's dive into it. It's a really fun time of year. Of course, we have the tail end of baseball, but man, everybody getting amped up for football. College football on last Saturday. That was kind of weird, I had to admit. And now we got professional football right around the corner. Draft went well tonight. Let's get into it. Let's do it. I mean, I'll start. Uh, Please. I am the defending champ. So Here we go. I feel like I got to, you know, really put that out there for the Experience the Buzz uh, group and family that your boy right here, defending champ. Uh, I really scathed by uh, last year. But I got the dub because Amon Ross St. Brown got me 40 in the uh, championship. So I'm going to go through my roster, talk to you guys about what I like, maybe what I don't like. Um, I feel just overall vibe of my draft was I had to take these guys because they were just too valuable at the spots that they were. So I had the second pick in the draft. Uh, I took a rather risky pick, but I took Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey. I, I had to do it. Uh, running backs are so important. We play in a one-point PPR league. If he's the guy that he was three seasons ago, two seasons ago, I know he's missed a lot of time. I, I had to do it. So I took Christian McCaffrey. I came back. Uh, I'm a big tight end guy, so I love the luxury of one of those top tight ends. This guy right before me took Travis Kelsey. I was pretty pissed about it, but I am not upset having Mark Andrews as my second pick. So I went with Mark Andrews, uh, the Ravens tight end, and then I came back with Tyreek Hill. Now, that's kind of where I get a little bummed. Um, thinking back, I'm like, oh, I should have took Keenan Allen or maybe T. Higgins from the Bengals, but Tyreek, he dropped, he was there. 
I felt like I had to take him. So I went CMC, Mark Andrews, Christian McCaffrey, and I won't go through the whole team. Who was your fourth pick? My fourth pick was Travis Etienne. Okay. Yeah, and so I kind of reached for him. He was kind of one of those guys. I think that's what's great about fantasy football is you do all this research and you're like, something sticks with you. And for me, Etienne, such a talented college player, got hurt last year. He's with Trevor Lawrence, his college quarterback. I just, I just think he's going to be so good. And there's a lot of research with the Jaguars just producing good running backs, even not being a good team. Mm -hmm. And so ETN, just with his skill set, I'm like, I think he's going to be a good RB2 this year. So I reached for him, got ETN, and then right after that, because I was picked two, I took Brandon Cooks, who's just Mr. Reliable. Doesn't matter what quarterback he has. Doesn't matter what team he's on. He's getting 1,000 yards. He'll punch in a few touchdowns. So I feel good. I got a lot of great value in the middle rounds, like Darnell Mooney, Marquise, Hollywood Brown. They both fell. So I like my team. Uh, I like Christian McCaffrey. I'm a big CMC fan, obviously, now. And I'm just hoping that... You the, have to be. Yeah, the Panthers <laughs> utilize him well, don't overutilize him, and so he can stay, stay healthy and get me those 25 fantasy points every week like he always does. Okay, so your top picks in there. Did, did you mention who your quarterback is? I know that's always... Uh, yes, I did not. Uh, I'm a big wait. I actually have transitioned from waiting for a quarterback where I used to be, I'm going to go get one of those top guns. And, yeah. Uh, just doing a lot of mock drafts. I think I did like 37 mock drafts. I was getting ready <laughs> he this did. year. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't want to go for the Allen or Mahomes or Herbert. Donated. Yeah, and so um, I took Dak Prescott. Yeah. Okay. So I feel good about Dak. Um, I know his O-line is kind of crumbling right now. He lost Tyron Smith, but... I mean, he's got he's got this offense that's gonna throw it like forty five times a game. So I love Dak. Do you know how to do the Dak dance? Uh, the little hit thing. I mean, I think I could do it. Ooh, you uh, but yeah, I know how to do the Dak dance. I guess. So I, I'm all in on Dak. Uh, if CD was there, I would have took CD too. But uh, love Dak and like my team. Okay, yeah. so that that's Toast team right there. And obviously with fantasy football. Uh, there's not many people now that I think kind of subject themselves to just one league. It's usually multiple leagues. So this is kind of our family league, family and friends yes. league that we have been putting together and doing for some years now. And I know there's a lot of great ones out there. And of course, all the traditions. And we have to say when Tope took over as commissioner, because I was the champion from two years ago, he didn't like a lot of what I did. And whoa, so, well, whoa, no, I mean, you were really hyped up on improving the league and there i felt like there were some digs at the old commissioner you know like uh, okay i just think fantasy football is like it is the just prime of all primes for fantasy sports and, and yeah max is yawning over here uh, hey. just waiting to talk about his long team. night long night long night long draft uh i just think there's so much opportunity to make it so fun and so some of the things, it wasn't a dig. I just wanted to, I wasn't personally digging on you. But, Dad, the name of the league was The League. I mean, can we, you get, at least give us like a 916 in there, Sacktown, something. Right? I don't think I'm the one who named it, though. You did. You I did? did absolutely name it. Wow. So we, we officially have named it the National Jabroni League. Okay. Uh, so I like that. And then my biggest thing was the last place thing. You got to do something for last yeah. place. So officially, we uh, last place will have to host 
next year's draft party. Okay. I think it's a good one. Yeah, and you yeah. threw in percentage points, which I think is good. Yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Because we did have some ties. Yes, ties. Yeah. You just And there still can be ties. It'll be crazy, but it won't be as often. Yeah. So every yard they get 0.1 points. That was a big change that people seem to like. All right, so that's Tote Buzzer. Defending champions is actually the name of his team. It won't be. Okay, you're yeah, going to change it up? It was just for the draft. For the draft. Oh, flex, I see. I know? see. Okay. Yeah, it was a flex. It was a flex. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Max, you're next up. Yeah. Well, yeah. my team for the draft was named Experience the Buzz. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, pretty funny. Got it all around. But yeah, I mean, I'll go through, you know. Yeah, what were your picks? What I'll were your top through, four or five I'll picks? I'll go my top four, and then I'll go my favorite and my least favorite and nice. a dark horse. Okay. Oh, I like that. Um, yeah. So my first pick was Austin Eckler. He was pick number three overall. Yep. Uh. Like Toe talked about with McCaffrey, um, you know, I, I'm i a huge Charger hater, so I'm not a big fan of Austin Eckler. Yeah, the little banjo, and I don't know, he's kind of got a little edge to him I don't enjoy. <laughs> and he couldn't beat the Raiders last year to get to the playoffs. So, you know, there's that, but I had to take him because premier running backs in the NFL, yep. slim pickings. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he's a cat, he's a pass catcher, and he can run the football, and he scores a bunch. Uh, my second pick was Travis Kelsey. Picked him right before Toph. Not on purpose, but that's where I was. Uh, I had to do it because um, with Tyreek Hill gone, yep. I know they got Juju and MVS from the Packers, Valdez Scantling, but wh- who do you think you know Pat Mahomes is going to go to oh, all day long? It's going to be his guy, yep. Travis Kelsey. So... Another one that hurt because I hate the Chiefs. Yeah, okay, tough. these are all guys in the Raiders division that I just do not like. Um, and then my third pick, I went with Mike Evans out of Tampa Bay. Touchdown machine, yes. a thousand plus yards every year, and he's getting the ball thrown to him by the greatest of all time at age forty-five well, or whatever the hell he is. Three great yeah, it's so. Um, Evans is a guy I've never had before, so it's kind of fun. Yeah. And Eckler. I think I've had Kelsey before, but I've made bad trades and let him go because I was pissed I lost one week. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's kind of fun to get the, the newer guys, or, like, the new guys to me. And I know they are elite. Uh, it's just they might not be the sexy or, you know. But, you know, Eckler's kind of all the above. Sexy, fun, you know. He runs the football. He, he catches the football, you know, he's little, you know, so the short kings out there, they love Austin Eckler, okay? And then the fourth pick I had was Terry McLaurin. Uh, he's got Carson Wentz. I do think it's an upgrade to Heineke. Mm-hmm. I think Heineke showed some promise. He was mobile, but what for all of Wentz's downfalls, I... I think he's going to feed his number one target, and that'll be McLaurin in Washington. And that offense doesn't have much going for them. So I think that's a solid pick. All right. My least favorite pick, Ezekiel Elliott. Okay? But he's consistent. He he eats. He still eats. You know, he does that. Gets bigger. Know? He jumps in yeah, the little. Yeah, he jumps in the little, you know, uh, it was Salvation, Salvation Army. Army. Yeah. Salvation wow, Army. nice, yeah. Dad. Thank you. Yeah. That was on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big but, beard. yeah, it's <laughs> my least favorite pick, but I had him last year. He's consistent. He can score, and I think he will score plenty this year for the Cowboys. As Toph talked about, their offensive line kind of got 
dismantled and injuries suck. So, but you never know. Zeke could yeah. could be back to you know a couple years ago. And then my favorite pick is. is Hunter Renfro yeah, from the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay. Um, I mean Hunter Renfro. It's it's one of the most incredible stories in football. If I'm being quite honest, uh, I remember. You know, making jokes about him being the next Wes Welker, but it's actually true. Yeah. He is one of the greatest slot receivers in the league. He is so dependable on third down. Derek Carr has incredible chemistry. Yes. And the Raiders have two other huge monsters in Darren Waller and Devontae Adams that you have to guard. Yeah. Yes. So Renfro's going to be the one that... They lose the most, in my opinion. Yes. I think Adams is going to do his normal thing, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. Mm. But Renfro easily can get 1,000-plus with plenty of touchdowns. Can I say something about Hunter Renfro yeah. before you do your dark horse? In fantasy football sometimes, you just have to pick good football players. Oh, yeah. And he is a good football player. Uh, yeah. And to your point, with Adams there and a healthy Waller, if we can get that, Dude, last year they could start zoning in on on Renfro because yeah. we now, didn't have the other weapons. Yeah, and Renfro was burning guys. Yeah, on double teams. Yeah, dude, they're not going to be able. Didn't to, you double. have him? I had him last and year, and I remember in the group chat, the group chat. But <laughs> I remember <laughs> how we were like, dude, Renfro is getting you twenty five yes. every game. Yeah, and, and it I, was I like our, it just became real, and he and became the guy. That's because he's such a good route runner. Yeah. he's just a good oh, football player. So yeah. I know I was I had a chance to take him. I took Darnell Mooney, I think, yeah. instead because he fell. I trust in him, but dude, Renfro is awesome. No, I, I love that uh uh Derwin James uh safety for the Chargers. Yes. Uh he was in it on a podcast, the one with Ryan Clark from uh ESPN. Um and Ryan Clark asked him and said, Derwin, who are you who is the most impressive route runner you've gone up against and who's the hardest to guard? And he named like Devonte Adams. He named like the top wide receivers yeah. in the league, and then he his third guy was Hunter Renfro. Unreal. And Ryan Clark went like, "What? You're telling me the insurance salesman is a better route runner than all these guys?" And he's like, "Bro, you don't even know how much of a dog he is." And what do we love, people? We love that dog. Okay, if you don't have the dog, you're not going to do he's jack squat. All right. Okay. And yeah, I mean, I'll give you a dark horse. Mm-hmm. I think it it's not. It's because of what the situation is. DeAndre Hopkins. I picked him up, stash him for six weeks, and then he's going to be back and be the number one option immediately in Arizona, right right alongside Hollywood Brown. So I like that pick. All right. So there's uh, the team. Yeah. And I got Joe Ice... Iced out Burrow for my quarterback, so I'm feeling pretty solid. Yeah, in a very low round, so that worked out well. So I'm going to be very simple because I don't get into the stats like these two do. You know, I just try to do my thing. I hate that excuse. I know. You know what? I hate that. Because then you'll be like, look at what I did. Look at all the, you know, look what I did. You guys did all your research, and you guys are, you know, back of the league. Look at what you just got to do it this way. Okay, so my team is called Moves Like Berman. Yeah, and <laughs> explain it. Can you explain it? Well, Moves Like Jagger, Moves Like Berman. No, no, no. Berman, <laughs> there's no correlation. If if Berman was a dancer, yeah. I would understand. Okay, what is my logo? It's the Incredibles. It's the dad. Even further complicates. How does that keep? Anyways, wow. Anyways, anyways yeah. okay. So I got. I had the number eight pick. 
I got Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara on the backside. And you guys had to admit. No, that's that's back to back solid. Derrick Henry, aging running back, but and Alvin Kamara might get suspended. Wow. Okay. So, anyways, <laughs> then we come back around. I go Keenan Allen. And then I did take Patrick Mahomes because I did want Josh Allen. But it's interesting because this guy made a comment about Josh Allen getting picked too early, which was by our good friend Kirk Langley. And um, I decided his team name or no, 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 thank you. Not not for family. So I I went with Patrick Mahomes and I feel good about that. Rest of the picks, you know what? It all fell into place. Evan McPherson picks from four on. Yeah, saying oh dad, you have like eight starters. He He named. Evan McPherson. Well, my and tight end is... Uh, Who is it? <laughs> John U. Smith? Who is it? I can't remember. Shannon Sharp? Foster Moreau? No, I got a good one. I got a good one. What? You yeah. don't know it? Uh, I'll, I'll check for you. Okay, check for check. I'll check for you. Since I you check. Really you guys, I don't, I don't think everybody cares. You know, No, they do care. They do, do they care? care? Who is it? Uh, Who is it's it? Darren Waller. Darren Waller from the Las Vegas Raiders. That is a great pick. There we go. So I feel like I'm A-OK. We did projected points for week number one, and I had the second most points. Does it matter? Projected has never mattered in the world. To me, it matters a lot. All right. All right. So fantasy football, put to the bed. Those are our teams right there. We're very excited for the fantasy football season. And I think we have to, uh, you know, close out with the fact that the NFL is just around the corner. Las Vegas Raiders. We're very excited. I don't think we've been this excited. Like, I'm thinking about you guys. Like it's been a long time. Well, my whole life, my whole life, your whole entire life. I mean, I didn't remember when they went to the Super Bowl. Right? In yeah. I right. guess that year they were really good was a little bit of a surprise. So I don't think. Yeah. Well, the and the irony then of that of them going to the Super Bowl that year was it was uh, John Gruden's yeah. team, yeah. Yeah. and he was coaching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes. So he was essentially yes. coaching against but, his own Yeah, team. and then I'm referring to the year Derek Carr broke his leg. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were 12-4. Yeah, that yeah. I don't think we were – I think it was a little bit of a surprise. Oh, right. very much so. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. guys Michael broke Brown, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this year they, they have all the weapons. We love the head coach, right? We're good with that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. he's going to be good. So, I mean, we'll just throw it out there. How many wins do you guys feel? What's, what, what is it? Uh, 11 and 6. That's my guess. Okay. Uh, I will harp on this until the day I die. The Broncos are the most overrated team I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I don't understand. Their defense is mid now. They don't have it like they used to. Mm. Russell Wilson is average. It's like I hate how people – think that Derek Carr is just such this average quarterback. But then they act like Russell Wilson is still a freaking MVP. It's like that was eight years ago, everybody. He wasn't playing meaningful football games. And I mean, last year the Seahawks were awful, okay? Look what Derek Carr did last year. What did he do? Impressive. John Gruden, yes. all that crap. Henry Ruggs, very unfortunate situations. And Derek Carr, he beat up on the teams he needed to. And then who did he beat in the last week where everyone thinks he's like the next Tom Brady? Justin Herbert. Yeah. If you can't beat Derek Carr in a winner go home, I guess you're not ready, Herbie. Okay? So I'm just pissed <laughs> off, all right? I'm pissed. Broncos suck. Chargers aren't going to be as good. Raiders are going to go 4-2 and two in their division. I think they'll lose one to the Chiefs, and I think they will lose one to the Chargers. But I see them going 2-0 and against the Broncos, and I think we're going to be chilling, man. I think the Raiders are going to win the division. All right? We don't have to worry about wild card. No, we're going to win the division. All right. Feeling 11. Tof, 11-6. What do you think? 11-7 uh, now. 
right? No, six. 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 Okay, okay. yeah. So I'll say 11 and six as well. Uh, I think I think they'll get get there, get over the hump of 10. They had 10 last year, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so crazy that we did get Under that all last that. year. So, yeah, I'll go 11. Uh, we j- we play good teams. We have a we have a pretty decent schedule playing some really good opponents. So we're gonna have to fight tooth and nail for some of those wins. But I think eleven just with our weapons is gonna be awesome. I'm I'm a little more on the reverse of Max with the division. Like Chiefs are the Chiefs. They lost Tyree Kill. It's gonna be one less thing to worry about. I am pretty excited about that. But they're gonna be good. Andy Reid is a wizard as their coach. Um, I'm kind of reversed in the sense that I don't believe in the Chargers hype. And I don't think Max necessarily does as well, but I, I do see some value in what the Broncos have done. I might be a little higher on Russ. We've talked about, I've kind of bantered over Never a little said. bit. Uh, I do believe in the weapons that they have with Javante Williams, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, uh, <laughs> Melvin Gordon as running back too. They, they have aging, some weapons. Aging He's back. aging, but they've got some good weapons. And then Russ, he could be like revenge tour. Like his last few years were sour. Broncos Nation. Let's I'm ride. just saying, like it's not going to be an easy go in the Mile High City. As far as the Chargers, they have the hype every year, and they go like eight or nine wins yeah. every year. And they're like, oh, they got the best roster. Now they do have Khalil Mack on the other side. And yeah, he, but he's, he's not the same guy. Yeah. It, so it, him and yeah, yeah, him and like Chandler Jones. It's like they're both going to yeah, bring something incredible. They are aging, but it'll be lit yeah. for sure. Yeah. We so won. I like eleven wins. Okay. I think it's going to be a magical year. I'm going to go twelve and five. Nice. Yeah. So I'm very excited, not just for myself as a Raiders fan, but for these two right here. The these two are definitely loyal fans, and so as a dad, it's just been fun to kind of be a part of that journey. And uh, we've often talked about what it'd be like to either win a Super Bowl or you know, obviously the World Series with the Oakland A's, and or, uh, uh, that's NBA Finals. Or the NBA Finals with Sacramento Kings, you know. So we'll see. But the Raiders right now, I think, are the one team that definitely give Mm -hmm. us the most hope. It's realistic. And the way I want to close this one out is you see the T-shirt there. I don't know if you're able to make that out. But uh, Kendrick Lamar. That's right. I went to my first rap concert. I've been to a lot of concerts. Never to a rap concert. I went with this guy because he's always been with me at the heavy metal concerts that I like to go to. And Max... I'll just let you give the take. It was something else. Yeah, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. That's the album, the new one from Kendrick Lamar. Came out this year, 1,855 days since his last (laughs) album. He says that in his first song. Uh, My dad actually asked me last night, he said, what is that number? Why did did that, uh, you know, that lady say that? And I was like, that's when the last time he had an album and he'd been going through it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. He's the best, man. I know. I genuinely, I have a red hot chili, really red hot chili peppers tattoo. That was my favorite band of all time. Kendrick Lamar is my favorite rap artist for sure. Um, it, he just like you can see uh, how like important it is to him that the stuff he puts out is real and authentic. Yeah. It's not to be top on the Billboard charts, which is where all the people get awards, right? All the award getters are the ones who have those top songs. You know who I'm talking about. I don't need to say his name. He's he's weak, man. He's weak. Um, does it rhyme with Lake? Yeah, it does. And it rhymes with Kirk's favorite artist of all time, who he thinks is good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyways, but yeah, no, Kendrick Lamar. Like, there's just something there, man. There's he makes uh he made the crowd feel a certain way. 
uh, got lit, and then he could bring it down and play piano and like just his rapping ability. When you really think about it, it is incredible, um, and it's pretty cool because he keeps it in the family, and I love that. As you guys know, we're keeping this in the family right now. But the guy who performed before him is cousins with Kendrick Lamar, and they have a huge song out that actually was a hit banger for those of you who cared about the Billboard charts. Family Ties. Yeah. He came out, and I said, "Dad, you got to get this on film because I'm just gonna, you know, <laughs> sing along with the whole thing and go crazy for it." But uh, yeah, we got that one on camera. Golden One Center is like perfect venue. I remember how tough like. Concerts at Argo are a little tough with the acoustics. Which, by the way, got destroyed today. Wait, uh, that's <sighs> tough. That's, that's yeah, that's yeah. memories being destroyed. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. So Kendrick Lamar, uh, the goat. All right, there you have it, uh, Tof. Any final words on anything in life? Uh, by the way, Tof's in Sacktown Magazine. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go Dragons. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you're giving me the floor for anything, so I'll give a shout-out to uh, Peyton Michelle Buzzard. Let's go! New addition to the family since I've been on the Oh, that's right! My gosh! Well, I made mention of it when it did happen, but first time as dad. Father in flesh on the pod. Father, uncle, Papa Buzz. Yeah, Papa Buzz. So, uh, yeah, she's growing. It's crazy. Life is awesome, and uh, she's doing well. So, great new addition to the family. All right. There they are, the Banter Bros. We'll do it again, and we will not let as much time go by. We Three do months promise. this time? No, or no, no, no. I, uh, I'll, I'll be much we'll better We'll talk at the it. end of the year when I win the fantasy football <laughs> All right, we'll take a break, and I'll be back with a final word right here on Experience the Bus. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Well, I really hope you enjoyed this program. We're trying some new things. You know, in addition to the guests that we have, you know, we've obviously the Banter Bros now. We've been together five or six times. We throw that segment in. That's a lot of fun being able to talk to my boys about sports topics. And then Heavy Metal Thunder, which I'm very passionate about. I love doing the research uh, on the albums. Uh, So what I do is I take those albums and on Spotify, I wish I had the album itself, but just on Spotify, I'll listen to it from beginning to end and then just start taking my notes. And then I jump on the internet and I'm just like, what are some fun facts about those particular things? And it's pretty cool, the things that come up. So hopefully you learn something and hopefully it inspires you to say, you know what, I'm going to jump on Spotify myself and check that out one day. So what's coming up next? Well, I can tell you this, it will be episode number 97 as we inch closer to number 100. So again, thank you for joining in. Hope you enjoyed the program. That's all I got for now. Talk to you next time. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for joining Steve this week on Experience the Buzz. Steve would love to hear from you. Leave a review or contact Steve directly with any questions at scbuzzard at gmail.com. To see the other adventures of Steve Buzzard, be sure to visit buzzardball.com.